0: Hello. Welcome to the Patient Activation Network Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cavallo. I have with me today Sheila Warnock. Sheila is the founder and president of Share the Care, and she's also co-author of the book, Share the Care. Sheila, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I am thrilled to be here.
0: And before we get going, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well... Actually, being a founder of a nonprofit organization and co-authoring a book called Share the Care to Help Caregivers was not anything I had planned. It kind of came about by experience starting in the 1980s when I became a solitary caregiver for my mother, long distance, and I'm sure a lot of people out there could relate to that. I did a great job taking care of my mom, but I was a breath away from a breakdown. I was so exhausted, so isolated and depressed, and I had to eventually resort to a nursing home for her. At the same time, I had a very good friend named Susan who was a divorced working mom with two young teenage daughters, and she was diagnosed with cancer of the parotid gland. And it was a very rare cancer. She had surgery and radiation. She went back to work. And over the course of the four years I'm taking care of my mom, her, her, my friend's uh, cancer comes back, only this time it has metastasized to her skeleton and she essentially has bone cancer. She has more surgeries, more radiations, but she doesn't tell anybody. I'm the only one that knew because she was very close, and when I was in the city, in New York City where I live, I was trying to help her emotionally, and the other days I was off taking care of my mom. Anyway, Susan reached a crisis, and it was her therapist, Dr. Suki Miller, who strongly suggested to her that she needed to reach out to her friends and bring them to a meeting the next night in the doctor's office. So she called up her friends and 12 women who didn't know each other showed up. I knew two other women in the room. It was very emotional to walk in there and see other people who were going to be involved in Susan's issue because I was so tired. I had just put my mother in the nursing home and also I was skeptical because I had never had any help. I never asked for help. So how was a group going to work? Plus, there was nothing out there at the time for caregivers, so we were kind of on our own. And we... Um, first, Dr. Miller asked Susan to tell her friends what was really going on, and many of them were shocked, and they were in all kinds of emotional states, either very concerned, very nervous, very worried. And then... Susan cried, we cried, and we got to work that night. We figured out what turned out to be the central rotating sharing responsibility system of Share the Care that very first night. The way it worked was there were 12 of us, so we decided to work in teams, teams of two. And the reason for two people was that if something came up in the life of one of us, there was always another person to keep the thing moving. Mm-hmm. The captains of the week, the two, two people, would go to Susan and ask her what she needed for that week, what jobs, what hospital visits, whatever. And then we would call everybody else because there was no internet, there was no email, and we would get the jobs filled and we would give Susan a schedule of who was coming when to do what so she could relax. Then we would rotate the next week with the next team. That that turned out to be a way of sharing responsibilities so that nobody burned out. The other thing, oh, excuse me this did Susan never had to ask for help because we went to her. That was her hardest You know, the things she had to do. And we started in the next day. For three and a half years, this little group turned from a bunch of strangers into a bunch of sisters. We did everything imaginable. Cooking, shopping, cleaning, taking her to the hospital, getting the air conditioner fixed in August, taking her to the Bahamas for an alternative cancer treatment and keeping someone with her a week at a time. And... About four months before our friend died, she was in very bad shape, but she saved up all her energy because under her direction, we organized her youngest daughter's wedding.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It was spectacular. And I remember the bride thanking her parents for this beautiful wedding and thanking all her other moms for making it happen. Our friend passed away. and. We had a memorial, we had a closing meeting, but I don't think we realized what we had done until another woman who had met Susan and heard about the funny family said, I'm in a similar circumstance. I'm going to have a bone marrow transplant. I have an elderly mother, I have a young daughter, they won't be able to take care of me because there's a lot of care required. But I have 20 friends that want to help. Do you think I could have a funny family? (laughs) So Cappy Capicella, who was a, a woman who was part of Susan's group and who I worked with in advertising. I was in advertising. I wasn't in caregiving. We got this call from the woman and we said, okay, we called everybody else. We held the meeting with them. There were 20 people. They came in much like we did the first night, nervous, scared, skeptical. And there were men in the group. And we explained to them how we worked, how we shared responsibilities, <clears throat> and also some of the forms that we had developed to keep things you know, running smoothly. And it was then... We saw these people transform from, you know, scared and nervous to, oh, that's simple, we can do this. And they left with such excitement about being able to start working right away with their own group. And there was so much love for this woman, her name was Francine, in the room. It was spectacular. The next day I spoke to Cappy, I said, Cappy, did you see what happened We have to put this down on paper so nobody has to reinvent the wheel. And Share the Care was first published in 1995 and started spreading grassroots style. I just wanna say that a Share the Care group is not started by the patient or the family caregiver, but by two friends. Chapters 2 through 9 in the book are written to the two friends who will take on this role to organize the first meeting based on the meetings we had with Dr. Miller and we had with that first group and we did many others because it worked. It got people to hear what's going on. It got people to meet one another. We were able to uncover skills and talents through what their jobs were in the real world, and also bond them. And they also learned how the share the care system worked, so that they could just pick this book up and get going on their own. And there was a great a great deal of media at the time, because this was 1995 when... Some of the big organizations were just beginning. The National Family Caregivers Association, Today's Caregiver Magazine, and also Rosalind Carter's book came out probably a few months before ours. So it was a lot of pioneers at the time. Fast forward to 2002 when something unthinkable happened, and that was... Cappy's dad was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, grade four, and then she was diagnosed with the exact same thing two weeks later. It was a real shocker. It was ironic. It was sad. And I organized 33 of her friends to care for her in the city. And she and her father passed away within 12 hours of each other, 10 months later. That's what propelled me into doing this work full-time, getting Share the Care out there to a much wider audience. Today, I can say it's been in 48 states and 14 countries, and I don't even know how it got to some of them. But we also recently had a study about this. It was done by Amy Hegener, Dr. Amy Hegener. Uh, She did a study with 100... 34 participants who were caregivers share the caregivers care recipients and group members From the US, Canada, Australia, and we also had representation from the UK and Hong Kong and it showed that share the care is really effective at keeping a care recipient at home with this kind of care for long periods of time that it worked in different kinds of cultures It's cost-effective, and that the people working within the group really felt that having a structured way of working, principles, uh, the the book which is about teamwork, uh, the fact that it provides information about when it's time to have a second meeting, and that happens when there's been a dramatic change in the person needing the care because their caregivers need to adjust their caregiving more, less, different, whatever. So um, I'm very happy to say it's evidenced in form now and um, my intention is I want the general public to understand that we have a caregiving crisis and we need each other. There's not going to be enough professionals Or even younger people to take on all the work that will be needed very soon. We're already in this. And that helping one another is one of the greatest gifts in the world. And allowing your friends to help you is giving them a gift.
0: And and I want to kind of focus and, and unpack some of these concepts. Because one of the hardest things for anybody is to ask for help. When you get sick... You don't have to turn inward. You don't want your friends to think of you as as being sick, or you know, as I think about your mom or your friend or Cappy, how do you get a person who kind of shuts down and doesn't want to talk about it? How do you get them to open up and ask for help?
1: Well, that is uh, probably. The toughest job for anybody in this caregiving field is getting someone to allow, allow, allow you to help them. <clears throat> and sometimes it may take time. I think when you introduce them to the concept of share the care and they say, oh, no, I don't need anybody. I'm fine. You have to keep the door open it may take them a little bit of time to fight sometimes it takes a crisis quite frankly mm-hmm. to get people to change their mind but even if they are resistant to keep the door open and keep reminding them that we want to help you we can help you and I cite very often that I wouldn't be doing this work if my friends hadn't allowed me to to do that that's a big gift not only for them, but for the people involved. We grow emotionally and also it's a way for people to learn how to be a caregiver.
0: And I think one of the things you brought up that's so important and and one of the hesitancies that most people have towards getting involved with caregiving is like you, you had a background in media, in advertising. You weren't familiar with the healthcare system at the time, and then you are thrust into that role. What advice would you give for for people that are maybe entering this caregiver role and are just scared that they don't know healthcare?
1: Nobody can understand the entire healthcare system, but you ask for help, you keep track of everything. Like I tell people new to caregiving, get a, get a blank book and write everything in it. You have to because you can't remember sometimes what you're being told. You can forget it. By asking for help, you have another set of ears with you at an appointment or People can do research for you, people can do the logistical work, and some people really love doing that. But I would say, ask for help, keep track of everything, do the best you can do, don't beat yourself up because you're not perfect, nobody's perfect. And you must, you must take care of yourself as a caregiver, because if you break down everything breaks down.
0: We're talking to Sheila Warnock, co-author of Share the Care and founder and president of Share the Caregiving Incorporated. Could you tell us a little bit about that nonprofit, the mission, and and how people can learn more about you?
1: Oh, yes. Thank you. Our uh, website is sharethecare.org. You can find everything about Share the Care on there. You can even find links to purchase the Share the Care book, download all 23 forms in the book. There are stories, uh, tons of information, but it's also divided into categories. I redid the website a few years ago and we have different audiences. Caregivers and concerned friends, health professionals, and that's another whole story, faith communities and corporations. So that way these audiences can find what they need. Our mission is to help create a better quality of life for people who need support and to reduce the stress, the isolation, the uh, economic hardship of their caregivers. Because if the caregiver breaks down, then what? And also, another important audience we have are people who live alone, oftentimes far from family or they have no family. That's when your created family of friends and neighbors and coworkers is a lifesaver. And we've got to remember those people in the you know, discussions about caregiving because there are quite a lot of them. And as I talked about, Susan was divorced. Her family lived in Florida. Her ex-husband was in California. So essentially, she was alone with her children. Cappy, her family was taking care of dad. They were in Westchester and her friends in New York City, 33 of us. She opted for brain surgery. She was totally helpless. She couldn't speak. She couldn't write. She couldn't walk. She couldn't do anything. But when you know the person you're taking care of, you go... 10,000 miles beyond where you would normally go and you know them and you know how they feel about certain things and can read them even if they can't speak or tell you because you have that relationship
0: that's such great advice and it's such meaningful work that you're doing as we're getting towards the end of the broadcast here do you have any closing thoughts that you want to share with the audience
1: If everybody in this country or anywhere, because this is a global issue with the caregiving crisis, if everybody started giving two hours a week to help somebody they know or don't know, caregiving would become part of life, not just an obligation or a hardship that you have to face when it's your turn. If we were all doing that, we could change the world and we could make a big difference for the caregiving crisis.
0: Sheila, thank you so much for joining the program today. We really appreciate having you and, and thank you so much for providing these tools and resources for, for people that are undertaking this caregiving role.
1: Thank you so much for the chance to tell your audience.
0: She's Sheila Warnock founder and president of sharethecare.org and co-author of the book, Share the Care. I'm Matt Cavallo. This has been the Patient Activation Network podcast. We look forward to bringing you another inspirational story soon.